The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When we experience loss or grief, our soul seeks answers to the questions, How will I respond? What do I do now? Welcome to A Light for the Soul That Weeps, with your host, Dayton Ann Williams. You are beginning a journey of understanding how choosing your thoughts inspires your feelings and transforms your life. To guide you, here is Dayton Ann Williams. Welcome. This is the final show for A Light for the Soul That Weeps. We have spent the past 13 weeks learning how to move forward from loss and grief and create an abundant life. In celebration of our journey, I have invited David Casty to join us and be our guide as we launch this next segment of our journey, moving forward to new thinking and new living. David is a patented inventor who participated in creating many of the key technologies used by the internet every day. In his journey as an entrepreneur, David has made hundreds of millions of dollars for his investors. He has consulted for numerous Fortune 500 companies. He built the largest Oracle database in the world at the time and a website that had 10 million visitors during its first day of operation. David achieved these successes and many more in his life by studying and applying the timeless truths that have been passed down for centuries. David is also a speaker and a peak performance coach with clients all over the world. A pioneer in the truest sense, David is our perfect teacher this evening. And please join me in welcoming David Casty. David, welcome. Thank you very much, Dayton. I uh, just want to thank you for this opportunity to speak with you and your listeners tonight. I am uh, so excited to be part of your program. Oh, David, it is truly a privilege to have you with us, and I am so excited to have you as our guide this evening and and share with us the synchronicity of science and spiritual. And I would like for you to begin by telling us a little about yourself and your journey and what spurred your interest in combining the positive living view with science? And what made you decide to start speaking and educating about it? Well, of course, over my lifetime, I've studied the work of many teachers, both contemporaries that you and your listeners will all know, like Wayne Dyer or Deepak Chopra, as mm-hmm. well as teachers from uh, times in the past, either the recent past or centuries past. Mm-hmm. And they have some very common messages 
about the way that we live our lives. And um, you hear them over and over repeated about being present and about understanding the role of desire in shaping your life mm-hmm. and learning how to detach from outcomes, for example, but mm-hmm. still stay, stay focused and creative. And so I, through my own experience, began applying what I had learned in all areas of my life, professionally, um, in relationships, to my relationship with my body. And of course, as uh, any of you who have worked with these technologies know, they work. And of course, (laughs) once that starts happening in your life, it's so exciting because uh, these things that you had believed weren't possible or maybe were for other people, Uh, you know, you you had bad genes, whatever stories you were telling (laughs) yourself about, yeah, how you couldn't be successful, you start using these techniques and and things start working. And and so that's very exciting and uh, maybe even a little bit addicting, let's use that word, because of course, (laughs) once you get the feeling of it, right, exactly, you you don't want to stop, but... For me, at least in the generation, the time that I was born and raised, there was a, a little bit of disappointment in a lot of these teachings. They had a common theme which suggested not just the majesty of the universe and how much greater and more complex than our understanding, but, but oftentimes um, I felt like I was discouraged from trying to understand the way mm-hmm. the universe worked. Instead, I was encouraged to, be, to, to have faith, and not that there's mm-hmm. anything wrong with faith, but that reminded me as I went through my process of how in earlier times, when humans discovered certain truths, but they didn't understand the science beneath them, mm-hmm. they would still pass them down in their families or in their communities, um, and they would simply say, well, God did it, or there is no explanation. And right. as time went on, then science kind of caught up to that understanding, and we discovered things like, hey, if you wash your hands, you don't get sick, and now we know <laughs> why, right? Right. So, right? So I found myself wondering, well, what if science had caught up with a lot of these spiritual techniques and spiritual teachings as well. Now, of course, scientists are often a little bit, um, let's say, reserved. They're worried about being confused with uh, spiritualism because in many people's hearts and minds that can be confused with superstition or maybe Mm -hmm. they've had a bad experience. But I really went into um, looking, kind of a a hard target search, as it were, to understand Mm -hmm. what science knew about our minds and our brains and the way we interact with the world and how that could match up with the spiritual truths which I had personally been using. So I knew they worked and I knew they were true. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, I was very excited to learn how much we now know about both the physical part of our bodies as well as the psychology of our consciousness mm-hmm. and uh, how carefully and closely that now matches up with explaining why do affirmations and visualizations work or mm-hmm. how is it that resistance, you know, is a, is a problem in our lives that we, it's, it's hard to get what we want by resisting what we don't want. And mm-hmm. science now has really good understanding and answers for that. And then, of course, you know, once you understand that for yourself, well, it's very exciting and you just want to share it with everybody. So (laughs) that's how I found my way to to speaking at conferences, the program Uh I did with Hay House, and, of course, dating this program uh, this evening. Okay, David, thank you. Thank you. So the psychological process of association is at the core of your course And you explain how the strongest associations are the ones that shape our lives for good or ill. 
And what are some of the guidelines we can use to create strong, constructive associations? Yeah, absolutely. Association is such a key to the way we think and experience the world. It's kind of hard to overemphasize. So let's talk for a moment just quickly about what an association is. It's a connection between any two things in our experience. It may be ideas, feelings, events in our lives. Our nervous system is always looking for patterns and connections, ways that it can uh, predict what's going to happen, anticipate where we're going to find food or shelter or friends. Mm-hmm. Right? And associations are the process by which we link up the ideas that work for us together, it's how our body learns. And it's not just how we learn psychologically, but actually physically in our nervous Mm. system, we Mm -hmm. have these neurons that connect with each other, and Mm -hmm. they use chemical messages to kind of reinforce those connections, okay? Uh Now, this is the process that um, affirmations and visualizations relies on. Those are techniques which cause us to associate in our nervous system to the thoughts and images and beliefs which we want to experience in our lives. And by strengthening those associations, we make them more likely to come up in our experience. It both influences the decisions we make, but much more importantly, it influences the way we see the world in the first place. So when we have negative associations, that causes us to see the world more and more, for instance, as a dangerous, hostile, risky place. And Mm -hmm. then everything that happens in our life is connected with that view of the world. Mm -hmm. Or, through other associations, we can see the world as a positive, you know, creative, energetic place. Not, of course, to minimize or ignore risk, but to put it in its proper place. All right? Right. Uh Uh-huh. So the power of association cannot really be overstated. And the great news is that science has come along and established what are the rules for creating the strongest associations that we can have in our experience. There are five rules. We'll quickly go through them. The first rule is what we call recency. So associations which have occurred more recently are stronger and more powerful than ones which have occurred in the past. Of course, if you just think about your own experience, obviously the things that happened to you more recently are more a part of your conscious and they're more a part of the way you see the world and the way you see yourself than things which occurred weeks, months, or years ago. Right. So that's the the first rule, recency. The second rule is repetition. Associations which are repeated, that come up, events and circumstances that come up in our life over and over and over again, become much stronger in our nervous system. Mm. They are the explanations we tend to go to when we're trying to understand why a certain thing is happening to us. Mm -hmm. Or when Mm -hmm. we look in the world and try to explain what's happening to someone else. As we see these patterns over and over and over again, that strengthens those associations. So repetition is the second rule for creating strong associations. The third rule has a clever science-y name, but it's a really simple idea. It's called multimodality, all Uh right? And what that word means is if an association brings in more of your senses, like when you use a visualization, for instance, and you see an image, and you hear a voice, and you feel the excitement in your body, Mm -hmm. that is a much stronger association than if you simply see an image, Mm -hmm. So the more of your senses and the more of your experience can be brought into the process, the stronger those associations become. That's rule number three, multimodality. Rule number four, intensity. 
associations which are created in moments of high emotional intensity are much mm. more powerful than mm. those which are not. And of course, we can all look back on traumatic experiences in our lives mm-hmm. and see yeah. how those moments had an outsized impact on the way mm-hmm. we saw ourselves as well as the way we saw the world. And that was the process, that was the power of intensity in our nervous system creating a very powerful, strong association. Mm-hmm. All right. So the fifth rule, the fifth way or uh, element of creating strong association is what we call novelty. So associations which represent novel or new ways of combining information together are stronger than associations which are commonplace in our experience. So, for instance, if you're trying to remember something, Uh you know, a memory technique, oftentimes when you're, like, making a shopping list, you put it together with these images, like a blue bunny on a bicycle. Well, that's a kind of novel image. It's not the sort of thing you normally see in your everyday life. Uh And that makes it easier for your nervous system to recall, and it makes it stronger and more powerful as an association in your nervous system, and then, of course, in your consciousness. So those five rules, let's just quickly go through them one more time. Recency, repetition, multimodality, intensity, and novelty. With these five tools, it's possible to create very powerful and strong associations in our bodies and in our consciousness, which we can then use to create the life that we want for ourselves. That's beautiful, Damon. Okay, and this is so exciting. We have to go to break right now, but we have more to talk about. So when we return, David and I will continue with our discussion of moving forward to new thinking and new living. And I encourage you to access David's website, www.castycasti.com, and learn more about David and his offerings and his unique and constructive blend of the scientific and the spiritual. His work is extraordinary. And this is Dayton Ann Williams with my guest, David Casty, and you are listening to A Light for the Soul That Weeps on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please stay tuned. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Prime Purpose Coaching will assist you in creating a path to freedom through answering the questions of your soul. How do I move through the pain of loss or grief? How do I move forward and create an abundant life for me? At Prime Purpose Coaching, we have made this journey ourselves, and it would be our privilege to guide you. To learn more, please visit www.primepurposecoaching.com. We look forward to walking with you on your journey to healing. 
Tune in to Embrace Your Inner Self and Empower Yourself with host Sangeeta Patel. This is the show you've been waiting for. It's about moving forward with relationships, money, emotional healing, and meditation. How do you remove energy blockages from your body? You'll learn about this as well as exploring how the yin and yang works to balance your life. Sangeeta and her guests are here to discuss your personal blueprint to a better life. Listen Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to A Light for the Soul That Weeps with your host, Dayton Ann Williams. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Dayton at PrimePurposeCoaching.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Tonight, we are celebrating moving forward to new thinking and new living with our extraordinary guest, David Casti. David, let's continue with our discussion. So, willpower is a resource so many of us feel we lack, but in your program, you talk about how willpower really can't help us with our most difficult challenges. Why is that? Yeah, willpower is a much misunderstood resource in our lives. It's absolutely true. And people spend a lot of time, you know, beating themselves up about their lack of willpower or how their willpower has failed them. And that's always really discouraging for me to see because it shows how little people understand the way willpower works. So let's talk for a moment about what's happening. Your will, your will is um, about the decisions that you make in the world you find yourself, right? And you're mm-hmm. trying to make the best decisions you can and, and chart a course from where you are to the life that you want to have. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing to understand is that your will, therefore, your choices, they operate on your view of the world after your nervous system and your psychology has constructed that world for you to be in. That is, your body is taking in all kinds of information about the environment through your senses, and it's also processing that against other things that have been in your nervous system before. about what the physical world was, but also about the emotional and psychological condition of the world. And all of that gets assembled through a process which we call fast thinking. This is not my term. It actually comes from a Nobel Prize winning um, psychologist by the name of Daniel Kahneman, who studied the way in which people um, interpret the world, right, and make decisions about what to do next. He's written Uh a great book called Fast Thinking, uh, slow thinking, and I really encourage everyone to take a look at it. But the most okay. important thing to understand about willpower is it works on the world after it's been assembled. Uh-huh. Well, what that means is if that assembly process has encoded limiting beliefs or beliefs mm-hmm. about failure, or most importantly, the belief that you can't be successful even when you try, which mm-hmm. you learned because you tried and failed so many times. 
Mm-hmm. Well, of course you'll find that your willpower, which is trying to operate in the world that's been constructed by your psychology, you'll find it has very little power to actually move you in the direction you want to move. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, really, all forms of fighting against yourself or resisting or struggling against um, what feels natural and comfortable for you, it turns out these are really difficult um, ways to get to where we want to go. That's not to say that there aren't people who have had positive experiences with willpower. Maybe uh-huh. even some of my of our listeners tonight have. But uh-huh. what I'm here to tell you is when you approach a problem and you find yourself reaching for willpower as the tool to help you, uh-huh. you probably made a mistake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so that leads us into it. And next, a really um, good question is, we've all heard our spiritual teachers say, what you resist persists. And science now has an explanation for why this is true. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, this is one of the great discoveries, I think, of the, in psychology, you know, of the, of the late 20th century. Uh-huh. And if you think about the, the way your nervous system and your body works, and we ask, what's happening in our body when we resist something? Mm-hmm. Well, what we discover is whenever you resist something, whether it's a circumstance or a person you don't like or something you're afraid you might do, actually a little department is created in your nervous system, and its job is to model or visualize, if you will, the very thing you don't want. Mm-hmm. And then another part of our nervous system starts comparing the world against that picture to say, has that thing happened? Right? Is it, <laughs> yeah. Does it look like it's going to happen? Am I afraid <laughs> yeah. that the next thing I do is going to create that? So we actually have part of our body, literally, which becomes given the task of emphasizing, of replaying the movie of the very thing we don't want. While another part of our body has the job of watching to see (laughs) if that unhappy thing has started to happen in our life. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you if you look at it that way, it becomes really clear why all these teachers have said resistance causes the things we don't want in our lives to continue. We're actually giving our creative power, the right. power that we might otherwise use to create the life we want, right. to a process which is playing a movie over and over and over of the very thing we don't want. Right, right. Perfect. Okay, so... Let's talk about doubt, because it's been a source of trouble for many of us. But you say doubt has real value in helping us lead the life we intend. So how can doubt become a constructive part of our lives? Yeah, I love talking about doubt in my program because people come to um, this part of their lives with such negative associations about doubt. They Mm -hmm. see it as only a a force that has been destructive to faith and to create and trust in their lives. Uh And what I want to help people understand is doubt is a tool that we all use. We're all, by the time we're adults, we're master doubters. Really, even children are excellent at doubting. And doubt is simply a way that when an idea comes up that's wrong or maybe not helpful, that we prune it away. We, we ask ourselves, well, what would the world look like if that wasn't true? Mm-hmm. And, of course, our creativity and our nervous system starts creating associations that show us what the world looks like if that thing isn't true. That's what the process of doubt in our psychology actually is. 
So what happens, of course, is people learn to doubt things they shouldn't. They learn to doubt themselves. They learn to doubt that they are loved. They learn to doubt that they can be successful. And this causes their nervous system to be producing pictures, images, movies, associations, however you'd like to think of it, of a world in which the thing that they're doubting wasn't true. So their nervous system is given the job to visualize a world in which they're not loved or that they're not successful. And, of course, this leads to unhappiness, <laughs> right? right. Disappointment, right. failure, yes. right? And so now you see how those things reinforce themselves. But once we become conscious of this process, we can use doubt just as well to doubt that we can fail. And by doing so, we ask our nervous system, what would the world look like if I succeeded? Or we can doubt that we are unloved. And in that moment, we ask our nervous system to show us, what does a view of the world look like if people cared about me and loved me and adored me? All right. And so these allows uh, these questions, these ways of approaching our lives allow us to strengthen those associations which are constructive, the ones that create the life and the world that we want to find ourselves in instead of the world that we don't. Mm. Okay, David, thank you. Sometimes the science seems counterintuitive though, like not resisting our fears or doubts. What have you found to be good ways to fold the counterintuitive into our daily practices? Yeah, that's a great question. And, of course, um, if the truth was intuitively obvious, everyone would know it, right? We wouldn't, <laughs> need, we wouldn't need spiritual teachers. We wouldn't go on adventures. We would all just know what to do. Uh, and, of course, that's not the life. That's not the world I find myself in, and, and I suspect that's true of most people. Right. So, Good ways to help us um, understand the counterintuitive parts of our life. Well, one of the most important parts of this is what we call mindfulness. And, of course, every spiritual teacher probably you've ever heard of has talked about the importance of being present and being aware of what's happening in your life. And I would say that is really the most important part of bringing this counterintuitive approach because our habits, the unconscious programs and ways we relate to the world, they're often the source of the troubles that we find in our lives, whether Mm -hmm. it has to do with a a habit that's producing something unhealthy in our bodies, like overeating, or a habit that's producing something unhealthy in our relationships, like tension and, you know, feeling alienated from Mm -hmm. our partners. Mm -hmm. So by being mindful of when those things are happening to us, that allows us to reach for these tools like doubt and say, hey, maybe I could see this as a circumstance in which I should get offended, or maybe I could doubt that the other person meant to offend me. Now, Mm -hmm. that still doesn't mean I'm a doormat, but I'm Mm going to have a whole different way of relating to them and that situation if I can just be mindful. Here's the other really good idea that I want to encourage everyone to, to experiment with. Mm-hmm. And that is trust and trusting themselves. Once you learn these techniques, once you start visualizing, once you start meditating, once you start um, being mindful of what you're doubting and what you're reinforcing, 
Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to trust a little bit that you can do that, that you will do it. Not that you're going to be perfect. Nobody ever is. Even mm-hmm. masters make mistakes. But just allow yourself to trust that the process works because you've seen it work in your life and you've seen it work for other people. And those two things, mindfulness plus a little bit of trust in yourself, go a tremendous distance towards helping us take those counterintuitive steps, you know, step off into the void or what looks like the unknown when we're not really sure or when it seems like it's the wrong answer, but we've heard and seen from other people that it's the right answer. Okay, David. Thank you so much. The time to take a short break is approaching, and when we return... David and I will continue with our discussion of moving forward to new thinking and new living. And during the break, I encourage you to access David's website, www.casti.com, and learn more about David and his offerings and his unique constructive blend of the scientific and the spiritual. His work is extraordinary. This is Dayton Ann Williams. With my guest, David Casty, and you are listening to A Light for the Soul That Weeps on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please stay tuned. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you're looking for tips for personal success, look no further than DJ and the Bear, keeping you at the top of your game with your hosts, leadership and personal effectiveness consultant, Deetta Jones and Richard Dent, formerly of the champion Chicago Bears. Together as a husband and wife team, they've raised a family, owned two successful businesses, led major philanthropic initiatives through their foundation, and lived the ultimate lifestyle. Find out their secrets. Listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Prime Purpose Coaching will assist you in creating a path to freedom through answering the questions of your soul. How do I move through the pain of loss or grief? How do I move forward and create an abundant life for me? At Prime Purpose Coaching, we have made this journey ourselves, and it would be our privilege to guide you. To learn more, please visit www.primepurposecoaching.com. We look forward to walking with you on your journey to healing. Tune in every week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. Our program empowers you to incorporate a wellness lifestyle into your life, supported by a diverse selection of guests, including physicians, athletes, and education and government professionals. While helping you realize the connection between mind, body, and spirit, you'll achieve a personal edge in injury avoidance, stress management, and personal development. The Wellness Lounge, a step further, airs Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment, and Saturdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to A Light for the Soul That Weeps with your host, Dayton Ann Williams. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. 
1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Dayton at PrimePurposeCoaching.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Tonight we are celebrating moving forward to new thinking and new living with our extraordinary guest, David Casti. So, David, let's continue with our discussion. Creativity is generally thought of as a pure, positive thing, but you also describe it as expensive. So what can you tell us about the cost of creativity and how that is relevant for designing our lives? Creativity is such an important force for us to understand. I mean, it is the way that we create the life we intend for ourselves. In fact, we put a clue right there in the word creativity to create Mm -hmm. the life we Mm -hmm. intend. But Mm -hmm. the thing to understand is the creative process necessarily requires using resources to create ideas or possibilities which are never pursued further. Whether you're Mm. brainstorming 10 ideas or whether you're trying three different ways to solve a problem, it's Mm -hmm. necessary in that creative process that you have extra resources, more than you need to solve the problem, because you're going to use some of those resources to create possibilities which you don't pursue. Now, as we're sitting here having this conversation, that seems very reasonable, and it's not immediately clear how that connects to our lives. So, because we are living, most of us, in such tremendous abundance, abundance of resources, abundance of time, financial and technological abundance that humans uh, have only dreamed of the ability to live in, that's the time we find ourselves. But our bodies come to us, they remember a time of scarcity. They've come to us at the end of a very long process of of our parents and their parents and their parents all the way back into times that we didn't have such tremendous abundance of food or energy or time or information. And Mm -hmm. for those reasons, our bodies naturally defend themselves when they feel threatened. And in those moments of threat, whether they come up because you're tired and you just run a marathon, whether that comes up because you're hungry, you haven't taken care of your body and fed it properly today, whether that comes up because you're emotionally threatened mm-hmm. by a worry about financial insecurity or you just had a fight with someone who's close to you or, or whatever that cause of threat is, that will cause your body to close down and try to defend and protect its resources. And in those moments, you will not be as creative. You will find your creativity is disrupted. And this isn't merely an anecdote that I'm asking everyone to imagine. This is actually very solidly established science, that Mm -hmm. as your body feels threatened, your creative capability reduces. Mm -hmm. So the flip side of that, of course, becomes the part of designing our lives that we're interested in. How do we empower our creativity? How do we support and strengthen our creativity? And science shows that as we move our psychology into a place of confidence, we often call this gratitude or love, we Uh find that we are more creative because our body literally opens up and resources which were being 
sheltered and uh-huh. and protected become available to us in the form of resources in our nervous system, resources in our body, and we find ourselves more creative and more able to see connections and mm-hmm. create the life that we intend for ourselves. This is why every spiritual teacher you'll ever meet always talks about the importance of gratitude mm-hmm. and moving your attitude into a posture of love and acceptance of the world rather mm-hmm. than a place in which the world is seen as hostile or threatening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, David. So you have a very simple technique for snapping us out of the self-destructive film loops of guilt, regret, and sadness that we all see playing on the movie screen of our minds from time to time. So what is it, and what is the science behind it? Oh, this is one of my very favorite um, discoveries in psychology. Yeah. We talked a moment ago about resistance and how (laughs) when we push against the things that we don't want in our life, we actually assign to part of our nervous system the job of playing that movie over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. and so when guilt and regret and sadness and these things come up, of course, one of our natural reactions is to push away against them. But that's exactly mm-hmm. the mistake that gives those things power in our lives. So instead, what we want to do is redirect our energy to create the world that we intend to live in, the one we want to be in, instead Mm -hmm. of this unhappy movie that's playing over and over and over. And I should note, we've talked about guilt and regret, but anxiety Mm -hmm. also is a Mm -hmm. tremendous force for creating those film loops of things that maybe haven't happened yet, worry and doubt and anxiety, right? Right. So how do we snap that? we ask ourselves a very simple question. When we're watching that film loop, we simply ask, next time I intend, and just answer the sentence. So when you're watching that movie in your mind of the time you did that thing you weren't proud of, Uh instead of just watching it as a passive participant, or instead of pushing away against it, saying, oh, I don't want to see that, I don't want to think about that, I don't want to see myself like that. Simply be present and ask yourself, next time... What do I intend to do in that situation? Now, it doesn't matter if that situation's never going to come back. Maybe, mm-hmm. for instance, you're, you're imagining a time that you fought with uh, a dead relative, for instance, and you still feel mm-hmm. bad about that. So mm-hmm. it's not about the, that you're actually going to do something different, mm-hmm. but asking yourself that question forces your nervous system to answer it, and it will begin to generate pictures movies, and associations of the world you intend to live in instead of the one that you don't. And that causes the associations of the things you want for yourself to become stronger. So what we do is we take that film that's playing, and it has its old energy that's repeating, and instead Uh of pushing against it, we simply ask it to change. We say to it, well, yeah, that's what happened before, but Uh next time I intend to do this. And you will see in that movie screen of your mind, the movie will change right in front of your eyes to be Uh the thing that you are intending. And that's how we take that energy that's been stuck and that's doing those things we don't want and help it move into a place where it can be used to create the life we do want. Thank you, David. Thank you for that. 
Um, that it works too. I I'm uh, I can uh, I can attest that it does work. <laughs> so the time to take a short break is approaching, and when we return, we will continue with our discussion of moving forward to new thinking and new living. There's still some exciting things that David's going to be sharing with us. And I encourage you to access David's website, www.casty.com, to learn more about David and his offerings and his unique constructive blend of the scientific and the spiritual. His work is extraordinary. This is Dayton Ann Williams with my guest, David Casty, And you are listening to A Light for the Soul That Weeps on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please stay tuned. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Now on Voice America. The road you travel in life is never a straight line. It's more like running around in circles, which is not a problem when you make Richard Flint a part of your world. When you're standing next to Richard, you begin to see a lot less confusion and a whole lot more clarity. Things just start falling into place. Every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The power to be with Richard Flint. Join us. And more power to you. Prime Purpose Coaching will assist you in creating a path to freedom through answering the questions of your soul. How do I move through the pain of loss or grief? How do I move forward and create an abundant life for me? At Prime Purpose Coaching, we have made this journey ourselves, and it would be our privilege to guide you. To learn more, please visit www.primepurposecoaching.com. We look forward to walking with you on your journey to healing. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to A Light for the Soul That Weeps with your host, Dayton Ann Williams. To reach the show today, please call one 346 9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Dayton at PrimePurposeCoaching.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Tonight, we are celebrating moving forward to new thinking and new living with our extraordinary guest, David Casti. David, let's continue with our discussion. So how does someone who is not a trained scientist continue learning about the science of positivity on their own? What are the important things to know? I think the most important thing for everyone to understand 
is that we live in a time when science has been made accessible in a way that you know really hasn't been true in other in other times that people have lived mm-hmm. and everyone now who has even a, an elementary school education um, can use tools like the internet or their library or a bookstore to mm-hmm. find their way to popular material material that has been written by scientists but not um, assuming that the audience has a scientific background mm-hmm. and this material is uh, talks about all kinds of different things like habits or willpower or choice the way we make decisions for example right. in our lives mm-hmm. and and these books and these magazine articles are all written so that people can understand and follow the science and understanding the way our minds and our bodies work so the most important thing I'd like everyone to understand is that they live in a time when this information is available and it is understandable. And it's mm-hmm. not necessary for you to have a technical background or to understand any mathematics or how research and studies are conducted that, that is possible using the Internet or other resources really to, to start with whatever your personal interest is. Maybe it's about the way your emotions work or mm-hmm. maybe it's understanding the process of grief or whatever it might be. Just take your own personal interest Start there and mm-hmm. begin looking for magazine articles or books that have been written for popular audiences by scientists. Now, not everyone is going to be a great piece of writing. Of course, <laughs> there's, some people write better than others. But right. the most important thing to understand is that that information is available, it's readily available, and by knowing that, that will give you the confidence and excitement to follow your own interests mm-hmm. to those authors and to those places, whether it's a book on Amazon or a book you read at the library that will help you gain a better understanding about the way your body and your nervous system and therefore your consciousness all work together to create your experiences in your life. Okay, David, thank you. Can you tell us a story about where you've seen gaining an understanding of the science of positivity change the way someone has been able to change their practices and make this kind of deliberate living more powerful or successful? Yeah, absolutely. One of the um, early students I had in a course um, uh, it really connected with me a lot, and I saw myself in him quite a bit. And, mm-hmm. and he was one of those individuals, and we all know people like this in our lives, who had one of those complex, difficult lives, right? His, uh, mm-hmm. he, had, he had issues with his body. It wasn't the way he needed and wanted it, his health. He had issues with his relationships. He had economic insecurity with his job. Mm-hmm. You know, and, of course, all these things were, were small individually, but they all kind of added up into mm-hmm. this um, view of himself, which was fairly negative. Mm-hmm. And in our class, I, uh, as we were going through the class together, I, I just had an inspiration, which was I should give him this exercise. It's a very simple exercise. I'm going to share it with everyone. Okay. What you do is um, at the end of the day, you before you go to bed, you just take out a pencil and paper and you write down a few things that happened today that went well, that uh-huh. worked successes, whether it was, you know, finding a parking space 
close to the, the store entrance or whether uh-huh. it was a, a great conversation that you had with a friend. Just a few things. It's a short exercise, 60 seconds before you go to bed. Doesn't, you know, don't, don't give yourself a lot of pressure. Just do that. That uh-huh. experience of, of practicing looking back at your day for things that worked. Mm-hmm. And then you do that every day for several days. And what you will notice, what he noticed, and what I'm, I, I am confident that you will notice as our listeners, because, of course, the science on this is very well understood, mm-hmm. is that gradually your attitude about your life will begin to shift. It'll be subtle at first, mm-hmm. but gradually you will find yourself thinking more positively about yourself and the circumstances of your life. And the science behind this technique is very solid and it's very simple, and it goes like this. Mm-hmm. You are having all kinds of experiences all throughout your day, some positive and some negative. Mm-hmm. And when you have a negative self-image, you tend to collect and remember the failures, the difficulties, the times you stubbed your toe or forgot mm-hmm. where your keys were, and you tend to forget those peaceful moments with the cat in your lap, that mm-hmm. great meal you had, the time everything just worked right at work. You tend to erase and overlook those things, and you remember and magnify the things which were less pleasant. Right. Okay. Now, what this technique does is it harnesses a very important structure in your brain called the prefrontal cortex. This is a part of your brain that thinks ahead. It develops strategies and plans and anticipates the world you're going to find yourself in. That's its job, is to think about where you're going to be tonight, tomorrow, next week, and try to prepare you and and plan and get ready for that situation. And what happens when you do this exercise where every night just for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, don't make it a burden. You just reflect on positive things that happened that day. What happens is your prefrontal cortex gets the message. And the message is, tonight, I'm going to be asked to remember some positive things that happened to me today. So all day long... I, the prefrontal cortex, the structure in your brain, will be collecting those things so Uh that when it comes time tonight, when I'm going to be asked before I go to sleep, they're readily accessible. I can just quickly come up with them and write them down. That sounds so simple and so subtle, and it is, but it's also powerful because what it means is throughout the day, your nervous system is now remembering and Mm -hmm. holding on and emphasizing, it's repeating Mm -hmm. to itself those things that worked, those things that were positive and that did create success and move you in the direction that you wanted. And it does that because it knows at the end of the day, it has to come up with them anyway. So (laughs) all throughout the day, it's getting ready. So you see, we've used this part of our brain to look at our lives in a positive way, not by being unrealistic, Mm -hmm. not by being delusional or having a fantasy about the life we want to live, and not by creating some huge burden where like every time something positive happens, I need to do something. Oh, no, no, Uh that's way too much. It's a very simple little exercise. And so I gave that exercise to this person in my class. And we continued meeting for a few weeks. And at the end of the class, we we talked about what was successful in the class and what was not successful, where the strength was in the program. And I was so pleased when he said, more than any other exercise we did, more than anything else we talked about, that simple little practice 
of at the end of the day, asking myself to remember a couple of the positive things that happened to me has changed my attitude about myself wow. more than anything else I've ever done. And, wow. and that comes to us because we can understand now the science of our bodies, the science of our brains, the science of our consciousness, and use that knowledge to create a better life for ourselves. Mm. Thank you, David, for sharing. That's, a, that's an amazing story. Very powerful and very inspiring. Thank you for that. So I have another question then. Why are habits so powerful? And what can we do to reclaim our power from the habits which have taken root in our lives? A great question. And habits are very powerful because in many ways they shape our behaviors and our attitudes in ways that we don't, we're not aware of. In fact, mm-hmm. there's even a special region of the brain that allows parts of our um, activities to be coordinated without mm-hmm. our conscious participation when something has become a habit. We've all had the experience of like driving to work the same route every day for a year, and one day we drive to work and we realize we don't even remember that we drove to work. We just see <laughs> we're there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That is testament to the power of habits and mm-hmm. the way habits work in our nervous system. Now, um, we talk about this a lot more in the class, and we don't have a lot of time to talk about it today, but I just want to highlight three of the key ideas that give us power over our habits. The first is mindfulness, becoming aware of when a habit is running in our lives. A great example of this is someone who wants to quit smoking. Mm -hmm. Instead of throwing the cigarettes away or creating resistance, simply put them somewhere unusual or unexpected in your house so that Mm -hmm. when the habit of smoking comes up, you have to stop and think about where your cigarettes are. That will cause you to become aware of that habit in a way that you weren't before. Mm-hmm. The okay. next technique is ask yourself to procrastinate or delay the habitual behavior. Just ask yourself, uh, you know, wait a minute, I'll, I can smoke in a minute. Just one minute and then I'll go ahead and do that. This is mm-hmm. not a trick. It's a technique to mm-hmm. harness power in our nervous system to slow down that habitual behavior and let us reclaim our energy. And mm-hmm. finally, what do we do during that minute of waiting? Anything else. We create a distraction. We call mm-hmm. our friend. We play a level of Candy Crush on our phone. We, we <laughs> eat a donut. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. We change the subject in our mind, and that helps us reclaim our power from the habit. Oh, David. Oh, I, it has been such an honor to have you with us this evening and discuss moving forward to new thinking and new living. You have been the perfect guide as we embark on this new journey. Oh, thank, thank you, you very much. It was really my pleasure. And I really want to thank everyone who was with us this evening and who listens to this program. Oh, thank you so much, David. Well, uh, it was a great evening, uh, but our time together has come to a close. And I appreciate you joining David and me this evening as we celebrated moving forward to new thinking and new living, please access David's website, www.casti.com to learn more about David and look for the link to his phenomenal program that he's been discussing tonight, Fast Thinking, New Living with Mike Dooley on Hay House Radio. 
I can personally attest that David is a delightful and compelling teacher. The course is loads of fun, and the concepts learned have the power to transform your life, just as we've learned this evening. It has been a privilege to walk with you on your path to healing these past 13 weeks and explore in depth how taking responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, and choices is our foundation in living an abundant life. And as you continue your path, I wish you well on your journey and leave you with this thought. You are your unique expression of the divine in this time and space. And as you travel your path, may love always fill your heart and light your way. This is Dayton Ann Williams with my guest, David Casty, And you have been listening to A Light for the Soul That Weeps on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Blessings to you. We are delighted you've chosen to join us this week on A Light for the Soul That Weeps. Next week, Dayton Ann Williams will return with another engaging program designed to help you move forward on your journey. Tune in next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And have a beautiful week. Thank you.